This podcast is brought to you by the IIEA, sharing ideas, shaping policy. Hello and welcome to this discussion of a recent IIEA publication on the frugals, the free spenders and the friendly hawks in search of a new European fiscal policy consensus with our economics researcher, Dara Lawler. Dara, could you introduce yourself, please? Thanks very much, Barry. Um, so my name is Dara Lawler, and I'm an economics researcher here at the IIEA. So first up, Dara, predictably enough, can you tell me what your paper is about? Yeah, so um, the title of this paper is The Frugals, the Free Spenders and the Friendly Hawks. And essentially what this paper is exploring is uh, the future of fiscal policy within the EU. So um, after the pandemic and after the, uh, the economic shock that came with the pandemic, um, the European Commission and the EU made the decision to activate the general escape clause of the Stability and Growth Pact. So essentially what this did was it suspended um, the EU's fiscal rules, which were agreed within the Maastricht Treaty in 1992, and then subsequently formalized in the Stability and Growth Pact in 1997. Um, and what those rules said that um, basically member states were obliged to uh, pursue a budgetary position that uh, was kept within 3% of GDP of deficit spending, and then 60% of GDP debt levels. So, um, in response to the pandemic, uh, in order to provide flexibility to member states um, to increase their spending in response to the pandemic, these rules were suspended temporarily. And as a result, um, member states were given flexibility to spend more in response to the pandemic. So this paper is looking at um, what has happened since then. Um, it's looking at uh, the future of EU fiscal policy and the upcoming debate um, that will focus on what is the future of the EU fiscal rules after we deactivate uh, the general escape clause. Um, will we return to fiscal rules that re-implement those debt and deficit targets, or will we have a future framework that is somewhat different to those? Okay, very good. Uh, I have two quick questions. It's a big topic, Dara. Um, is there anything kind of particular to Ireland in this uh, in this subject without wanting to be overly parochial? But can you kind of sketch out a little bit how it particularly affects Irish citizens, policymakers? Yeah, so um, this is a particularly important debate uh, for Ireland, particularly in the context of the fact that um, essentially these debt and deficit targets and uh, this fiscal framework will impact the ability of the Irish government to uh, spend on, on public services, to spend on investment. And uh, there's very important decisions ahead which will impact the ability of the government to uh, plan their budgets over the next few years. So, um, and this is the case for all EU member states as well. Um, so what framework is agreed within the EU will have uh, very large implications for all member states and their budgetary strategies over the coming years. Okay, good. And I obviously have to ask uh, the title, the frugals, the free spenders and the friendly hawks. Can you just tell us a little bit where you got the title from, what it means? Yeah, so I suppose this is probably a, a tentative attempt maybe to categorize um, the positions of some of the member states in this particular debate. So um, obviously the debate is quite live at the moment. Um, there are a number of state member states who have made clear 
uh, their positions at this early stage. So um, I suppose, firstly, there are the more frugal member states. So uh, there were eight member states who signed a joint position paper in September 2021, essentially saying that they believed that any discussion of the future EU fiscal rules um, and uh, the deactivation of the Stability and Growth Pact should be disentangled, as in that we should firstly return to the pre-pandemic fiscal rules and then subsequently discuss any reforms to the Stability and Growth Pact. So essentially, those member states would be in favour of perhaps with some minor adjustments, but nonetheless, um, I suppose, on the whole, returning to uh, the fiscal rules that were in place before the pandemic. And these member states I've categorised as the frugals. Um, I suppose on the other side, then, there are the free spenders, um, primarily led by the likes of France, Italy and Spain. Um, so in particular, uh, French President Emmanuel Macron and Italian President Mario Draghi wrote an opinion piece in the Financial Times in December, um, basically saying that they believe that the EU fiscal rules should be more flexible uh, post-pandemic and favour greater levels of investment um, in particularly the green transition and the digital transition as well. So, um, well, it, it wasn't really made clear in the article, but there are member states on the more free spending side, as I've attempted to categorize mm -hmm. these who would favor those sorts of investments. Um, and then I suppose the third category then is the friendly hawks. And uh, I suppose this comes from a press conference um, that was given by Christian Lindner, who is the new German finance minister from the FDP party, traditionally quite a pro-business, pro-enterprise uh, and traditionally fiscally conservative party, where they asked him, are you a hawk? And he said, I'm not a scary hawk, I'm a friendly hawk. Um, so he was indicating that, um, I suppose, despite what the preconceptions were about the FTP party, um, that he was perhaps willing to compromise in this debate on the fiscal rules. So I suppose that indicates that perhaps since, you know, this overall position, I think, has sort of developed over the last number of years, I would say, particularly in response to the uh, agreement of the Next Generation EU Recovery Fund, there has been uh, somewhat of a shift, um, I would think, in certain member states' positions towards firstly favouring uh, common debt issuance within the EU, or at least more flexibility on that, um, but also a lot of member states' positions uh, somewhat, I would say, gradually shifting more towards um, the free spending cohort, but still quite hawkish positions nonetheless. So of the eight uh, member states who signed that joint position paper in September 2021, some of those have indicated that their previous position, where they said that the debate on the future of the fiscal rules should be disentangled from um, the deactivation of the general escape clause, are now saying um, that they are you know, they're willing to proceed with a debate on the fiscal rules at this point before uh, that general escape clause is deactivated. So um, it'll be interesting to see whether, you know, what degree of flexibility those member states will actually um, will actually pursue or be willing to contemplate in the future of the debate. I suppose that bit is probably somewhat unclear at this point. Just take us my final question, perhaps before my final question. The frugals, which you just kind of gently touched upon there. Can you tell us who the Frugos are again, and especially what's the role of, for example, Germany vis-a-vis -vis that group of countries now? Yeah, so I mean, the Frugals have traditionally included some of the Scandinavian countries, so uh, Sweden, Denmark, sometimes Finland as well, 
Um, Austria is a member of that group, the Netherlands, and Germany, as you mentioned as well. Um, so Germany, traditionally, as you say, were a member of the Frugal Group, um, it seems, as of recently, and, and you would have seen the announcement in recent days even uh, from Christian Lindner, the finance minister, that uh, in response to the Russia-Ukraine conflict, uh, that he is willing to uh, borrow to fund uh, spending on defence uh, in response to that conflict. So this level of contemplation of uh, debt and deficit spending of this new government, I would say, somewhat moves Germany away from what would have been traditionally considered uh, the frugal group of countries. And uh, I would say it's somewhat similar um, in the Netherlands as well. Um, so given the election of a new coalition government in the Netherlands, and the fact that the finance ministry is now held by the D66 party, uh, which are traditionally more liberal um, than the party that previously held the finance ministry, and certainly on a national level have been willing to contemplate more public spending. Um, it's once again illustrative of perhaps a shift in what would have been these uh, positions adopted by these so-called frugal countries towards being more um, willing to contemplate levels, higher levels of spending, and therefore um, also contemplate a relaxation of the rules at an EU level. Okay, Dara, and if you could just tell us, if there is one, what is the main takeaway from your paper? Um, I suppose the main takeaway from the paper is that um, this debate is still very much live, um, that there's still a lot of discussion to be had around the future of the fiscal rules. Um, the Commission had originally intended that the general escape clause will be deactivated and that we would have a new set of fiscal rules by the beginning of 2023. Um, I suppose given the timeline that we're looking at now, where the commission would table a draft proposal by June 2022, and I suppose given the fact that those deliberations still have to take place, and the legislative process has to run its course as well. Um, it's quite an ambitious timeline that we would have a new set of fiscal rules agreed by 2023. So I suppose that begs the question, what happens then if we don't have a new set of fiscal rules agreed by 2023? Um, do we return to the pre-pandemic rules or do we continue to flexibly apply uh, the fiscal rules as we had done in the past? So this is, this is quite a dilemma if uh, the EU can't actually agree uh, a new set of fiscal rules by the deadline. So I suppose we just have to watch this space and see what happens. But I suppose the paper attempts to emphasise the importance of the debate for the future of the EU and also for the future of Ireland in its budgetary strategy as well. So it sounds like this won't be the last we'll hear of the friendly hawks. Certainly not. The, um, the, so that's the frugals, the free spenders and the friendly hawks in search of a new European fiscal policy consensus by our economics researcher at the IIA, Dara Lawler. The paper is available at iia.com forward slash publications, along with many other interesting papers, blogs and briefings. So at this moment, I'm just going to hand over to Dara and Dara is going to take us through the paper. Over to you, Dara. The frugals, the free spenders and the friendly hawks in search of a new European fiscal policy consensus. In the coming months, the EU will undergo an important debate regarding the future of its economic governance framework, which will contemplate the future of its fiscal rules. In 1992, when the Maastricht Treaty was signed, the treaty introduced convergence criteria, which dictated that countries who wished to join the euro should not have an annual deficit greater than 3% of GDP, and that government debt should not exceed 60% of GDP. Following the adoption of the Stability and Growth Pact in 1997, 
these rules were formalized for all existing countries within the euro area. The current rules, which were amended in 2011 and 2013 in response to the global financial crisis, stipulate that where countries have a government debt level that exceeds 60% of GDP or a deficit exceeding 3% of GDP, they are required to adjust the government balance by 120th of the respective deviation from target per annum. Failure to do so, in theory, leads to a member state being entered into the excessive deficit procedure. This procedure requires governments to adopt a path of debt and or deficit reduction towards the Maastricht targets or else face financial sanctions. In addition, governments are required to meet a medium term objective for their budget balance when adjusted for economic cycles. Member states must also meet criteria which stipulate that the growth of expenditure must not exceed potential output growth, i.e. the level of output that an economy can sustain without inducing higher inflation. The Stability and Growth Pact also contains a general escape clause, which allows the Maastricht Treaty's debt and deficit targets to be suspended temporarily in response to a severe economic downturn in the EU. As such, after the onset of the pandemic, the general escape clause was activated. This allowed governments within the EU the flexibility to implement fiscal supports for citizens and businesses at the national level in ways that they could not do had the terms of the Stability and Growth Pact been applied during the pandemic. However, the general escape clause is designed to be only temporary, and the Commission is fully intent on returning to some form of an EU-wide fiscal framework from 2023. In October 2021, the Commission relaunched its Economic Governance Review, which initiated a public debate on the future of the EU's fiscal policy, with the goal of reaching a consensus on the future of the EU's fiscal framework by 2023. But what form might such a framework take? What ideas have been proposed to reform the EU's fiscal policy? And what is the Irish government's position? How long will it take for the EU to agree on the future of its fiscal policy? This paper will explore some of these central questions and draw some tentative conclusions. What is wrong with the current fiscal rules? Since the recovery from the global financial crisis and the Eurozone sovereign debt crisis in the previous decade, a growing consensus has emerged within the political and economics communities that some of the aspects of the EU's current fiscal rules are not fit for purpose with respect to the modern day realities of the EU economy. Firstly, many influential members of the College of Commissioners and national governments now believe that the adherence to strict debt and deficit targets during the global financial crisis and the Eurozone sovereign debt crisis meant that fiscal policy did not play its intended countercyclical role in responding to the crises. When reflecting on the future of the EU's fiscal policy at an IIEA webinar in September 2021, European Commissioner for the Economy Paolo Gentiloni declared that we cannot repeat what happened in the previous crisis with regard to the EU's response to the COVID-19 economic crisis. Furthermore, the intended debt reduction path, which would in theory require all member states to reduce their debt to GDP ratios to below 60% over a period of 20 years would represent too rapid a fiscal adjustment for a large number of countries and would act as an impediment to future economic growth. At a meeting of the Eurogroup on Monday the 17th of January 2022, European Commission Executive Vice President Valdas Dombrovskis noted that there was broad agreement amongst EU finance ministers regarding the need for a more gradual debt reduction path for EU member states. 
In addition, there is broad acceptance, according to Executive Vice President Dombrovskis, that the use of economic indicators in the Commission's MTOs, such as regarding output gaps and structural balances, which are not directly observable and prone to frequent fluctuations in response to economic shocks, should be reformed. As Klaus Regling, Managing Director of the European Stability Mechanism, noted in an IIEA webinar in February 2021, the problem is that after the global financial crisis and the euro crisis, we no longer have a good system to calculate output gaps and potential growth rates, which are needed to calculate the structural fiscal balance. As such, the current technical framework, which is used to underpin the MTOs that are set for EU member states, does not now provide a high level of precision with regard to member states' individual economic circumstances. Fault lines in the fiscal policy consensus. A central concern which anchors the debate surrounding the future of fiscal policy in the EU, and indeed globally, relates to the sustainability of national debt. Proponents of a less restrictive fiscal policy, which favours higher levels of government spending, argue that a long-run decline in equilibrium real interest rates caused by structural shifts in the global economy and reduced debt service costs mean that governments can sustain higher levels of debt than was previously the case when the Maastricht Treaty's debt and deficit targets were first designed. Moreover, under this perspective, a more expansionary fiscal policy is necessary during economic downturns to compensate for the limits placed on monetary policy by the effective zero lower bound of central bank policy rates, and higher levels of national debt may actually be conducive to higher levels of potential growth. Similar arguments surrounding growth potential reference the lack of any form of decoupling between consumption expenditure and growth-enhancing investment expenditure within the fiscal framework. Some proposals to address this call for the establishment of a golden rule, whereby certain investments, such as funding for the green and digital transitions to support the Commission's 2019 to 2024 priorities, would be exempt from the debt and deficit rules. For example, one notable proposal by leading economic think tank Bruegel, which was presented at September 2021's Economic and Financial Affairs Council meeting of European finance ministers, argues for the establishment of a green golden rule to prioritise growth enhancing investment in climate change mitigation and adaptation. A more radical and hotly debated reform proposal by former chief economist of the IMF, Olivier Blanchard, calls for the concept of fiscal rules to be replaced by a framework of fiscal standards. Within such a framework, the application of fiscal standards would entail an ex post evaluation of member states' fiscal policies with respect to a set of agreed standards, such as, for example, Article 126 of the Treaty on the Functioning of the European Union, which states that member states shall avoid excessive government deficits. What constitutes an excessive government deficit could then be determined by secondary EU legislation and adjudicated by either the Council of the European Union or the Court of Justice of the European Union. However, many of the member states who raise concerns about radical reforms of the EU's fiscal policy governance argued that within a monetary union and in the absence of a complete fiscal union, fiscal rules must anchor the level of euro-denominated debt in order to protect against a sovereign debt crisis, such as that which occurred from 2010 to 2012. 
Moreover, the argument follows that due to the high levels of public debt which have been accumulated during the pandemic, there is the possibility that equilibrium real interest rates may not remain low indefinitely and may indeed rise sharply and suddenly should markets begin to question the sustainability of member states' sovereign debt levels. This would further accelerate the deterioration of member states' fiscal positions due to higher debt service costs. In addition, a further factor that could increase member states' cost of borrowing is an unwinding of the European Central Bank's quantitative easing programmes. ECB holdings of euro-area public sector bonds within its public sector purchase programme and its pandemic emergency purchase programme now equate to more than €4 trillion, Euro, or over one-third of euro-area government debt. Bond prices move inversely to yields, and as such, if the ECB chose to unwind its asset purchase programmes at too rapid a pace, it could lead to an increase in government borrowing costs. The institutional separation of fiscal and monetary policy means that monetary policy decisions by the ECB are beyond the remit of elected governments. Building a consensus, the hour of the friendly hawks. Reaching a consensus on the future of EU fiscal policy will require a meeting of minds among the member states and a level of compromise between those governments who support a less restrictive fiscal framework and those that favour a return to pre-pandemic norms, as well as those who find themselves somewhere in between these two camps. Influential member states who will dictate the tone of the debate have already provided an indication of their views at this early stage. In an opinion piece published in the Financial Times last December, French President Emmanuel Macron and Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi, leading the free spenders, jointly argued for a relaxation of the EU's fiscal rules, writing that government borrowing to finance investments, which undeniably benefit the welfare of future generations and long-term growth, should be favoured by the fiscal rules, given that public spending of this sort actually contributes to debt sustainability over the long run. The opinion piece followed the signing of the Quirinal Treaty, an agreement which foresees a new axis of enhanced cooperation between the French and Italian governments in the post-Merkel era. France's interve intervention into the debate was particularly significant, given that it will hold the rotating presidency of the European Council for the first half of 2022, and as such, would preside over any discussions on fiscal policy reform that take place in ECOFIN during that time. On the other side of the aisle, many of the EU's more frugal governments favour a return to the discipline imposed by the pre-pandemic fiscal rules with only some minor adjustments. A joint position paper published by eight member states in September 2021 states that reducing excessive de deficit ratios has to remain a common goal. The election of a new government in Germany, traditionally a fiscally conservative member state, has added a fresh dynamic to the debate. Within the German tripartite governing coalition, the finance ministry is held by Christian Lindner, the leader of the Free Democratic Party, a pro-enterprise, economically conservative party. The coalition is also comprised of two centre-left-leaning parties, the Social Democratic Party of Germany, the SPD, and the Greens, and is led by the former finance minister, Chancellor Olaf Scholz of the SPD. On a recent visit to Italy, Chancellor Schultz signaled Germany's reluctance towards agreeing any relaxation of the fiscal rules, stating that the current rules had always shown great flexibility and are still doing so, adding that we would be able to use them for the future. However, in what may be interpreted as a harbinger of the German government's willingness to consider a compromise in this debate, 
Minister Lindner indicated that Germany wants to be part of solutions and not part of the problem, labelling himself as a friendly hawk, but a hawk no less, with regard to the upcoming fiscal rules debate. Such friendly hawkishness appears to be reflected in the more recent statements of several of the member states who had previously signed the September 2021 joint position paper, including three of the so-called frugal four, namely the Netherlands, Sweden and Denmark. Of the frugal four, only Austria remains steadfastly of the view that the EU should implement its traditionally strict fiscal framework once the general escape clause is deactivated. How will the Irish government approach the debate? The Irish government's position on the possibility of reform of the EU fiscal rules thus far remains somewhat unclear, likely in part due to the leading role that Finance Minister Pascal Donoghue will play in building a consensus amongst Euro area members as president of the Eurogroup. The Eurogroup held its first discussion on the implications of the EU's economic governance framework for the Euro area on Monday the 17th of January 2022 and will hold further discussions on this during its work program for the first half of the year. Nonetheless, Minister Donoghue has stated previously that he believed that any future discussion of the EU's fiscal framework would centre around a rules-based approach rather than any approach based on standards, given the architecture of the Eurozone's, Eurozone's currency union. However, it remains to be seen whether the Irish government will favour a return to a fiscal framework that rigorously, rigorously applies the rules of the Stability and Growth Pact, as was suggested in Minister Donoghue's letter of motivation during his successful campaign to become Eurogroup president in 2020, or if a growing shift in attitudes across the EU will likely result in the Irish government, will likewise result in the Irish government embracing broader reforms of the EU's fiscal rules. Conclusion. A new unity of purpose? With discussions beginning in earnest after the close of the Commission's public consultation on the EU's economic governance framework at the end of 2021, the Commission is due to publish a set of draft proposals which will form the basis of future discussions this spring. It has been reported that the Commission intends to publish draft proposals in mid-April 2022, which will form the basis of preliminary discussions and debate amongst Member States. Following this, the Commission intends to outline its final proposal in June, with the hope of securing agreement in principle from the European Council at its meeting from Thursday the 23rd of June to Friday the 24th of June 2022. Given the scale of the differences that are required to be overcome, despite the softening in positions of traditionally frugal member states, the above timeline to reach an agreement is ambitious. Furthermore, it is plausible that negotiations could stretch later into 2022, and possibly further into 2023. Should EU member states fail to reach an agreement by the beginning of 2023, a clear and potentially divisive dilemma would present itself. In such a scenario, the EU would be faced with a binary choice of either re-implementing its pre-pandemic fiscal framework or extending the period of activation of the general escape clause. The potential political acrimony, as well as the potential adverse reaction in the sovereign debt markets resulting from such a crossroads highlights the importance of a timely agreement by member states. The result of the negotiations on the future of the EU's fiscal rules will be critical in determining Ireland's and the rest of the EU's scope to rely on debt financing to fund public services and future investment needs. A compromise between the frugals, the free spenders and the friendly hawks in 2022 is far from a foregone conclusion 
but a timely agreement would at least deliver certainty to governments and international markets regarding member states' budgetary positions going forward. In 2020, the EU collectively embraced the principle of common debt issuance for the first time by agreeing on its unprecedented next generation EU recovery fund. This illustrated a newfound unity of purpose on behalf of member states with regard to the EU's economic policy. 2022's discussion on the fiscal rules will once again require a similar unity of purpose and a level of compromise amongst all member states. Their outcome will be a further indication of whether the union can respond decisively and effectively to contemporary economic challenges. Furthermore, it will signal whether the harmony witnessed in 2020 is an artifact of the pandemic's long shadow, or if the EU will move towards a new era of unity in its economic policy.